Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zerman. Kev, when I do the intro, it's kind of a wake. I like doing the intro because it wakes me up and gets me to like speak at the volume I need to. But as you will notice, my voice is a little bit lower. I'm trying to be respectful to my hotel neighbors because my my voice it projects. Kevin, I think people can tell. Um, I don't want to wake anyone up or anything by yelling. Hopefully, I don't because it's one in the morning here in a Denver hotel room. How are you? You're in Denver. I'm probably Hi. waking up my wife now, but I'm on the other <laughs> side of the house. It's fine, sitting in the dark. Everything. Oh, you don't even want to turn the lights on? Uh, no, I I don't know why I'm in the dark. It's nothing. It's not. It, it's not a me problem. Definitely not a me problem. It's fine. I can understand with the pups how it might like alert them to like, oh, we're still awake and doing things, and then <laughs> like that whole process, you have to get them back down to sleep where they were right now. Um, let's talk about the game. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking to you from Denver, not a dark room in my house. Uh, I just watched the Suns. I, the word I used in the recap, Kevin, in the headline was overwhelm. Uh, it was a 116, 102 win. And I didn't have the best, uh, feel for this game, Kevin, and just like watching it evolve in real time as, as all games do. I was kind of, not really set on how I felt about it, but it kind of defined itself in a certain stretch for me when in the mid to late third quarter, there were 10 straight scoring possessions combined between the two teams. That was the best Denver's offenses looked all series, but they eventually stopped scoring. The Suns did not. And then the game was just snap of the finger over just like that. And I think that's, I've used, I've used the word suddenly a lot when writing about this team because they will be up nine to 11 in the second half. And then all of a sudden they just, they end the game. It's over. You're screwed. You can't come back from this. It's done. We've seen that a couple of times this season, a fair amount of times, but to see it in a game like this up to O going into game three on the road, you know, Jokic is going to have a huge game and he did for the most part. DeAndre did a good job limiting that. We'll talk about him later, but I basically spent most of my recap talking about like the personality traits of this team, because I think that's what this win uh, was about for me. And it just kind of spoke to the team that they've become. Yeah. The, the big part for me was it was all Devin Booker, all Chris Paul, most of the game DA was doing his thing on defense. We can talk about that more, but it was the end of the third quarter campaign hits a three cam johnson hits a three and those threes came at least the cam johnson one if i'm remembering came off a really great defensive stop and scramble i think um and and maybe an offensive board i don't remember exactly but basically it felt over then because the nuggets were hanging around and i think effort wise that type of thing everything felt a little better like Michael Porter was still being hunted by Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges. Um, Jokic was certainly on 
And Monty Moore, Monte Morris definitely stepped up, played really well. Will Barton played really well, but they just got nothing from that starting lineup um, other than Jokic. And if they had gotten a little more, I think this would have been a tighter game. I think it would have been like going down the last minute or two final possessions. So I think Denver did a better job there, but they just, for whatever reason, their guys are just not showing up. And I think you have to give the Suns a lot of credit for that. They shot 41%. Um, did not take many free throws again. And we I, I don't know if they've taken more than 20 or so free throws in a game. They've never really gotten to 25, I don't think, in this series. So everything really just felt like a Suns win, even though Denver did play a lot better. And even if some of those guys played a little better, like Aaron Gordon, like just was a zero or a, ne- a big negative, honestly. I don't not know. A z- if he would have been a zero, Kevin, that would have been good for Denver. He was a negative 47. Yeah. I but mean, it's plus minus, but I'm, I'm sticking with the metaphor here. It was bad. I mean, for him yeah. and that's just kind of, you, you got to give the sun some credit. Cause I think Jokic is just, pushing to will his team to win was there, but he, he can't do that all alone. When the, the stat that um, sports center throughout was he scored more than all four of the other starters. He grabbed more rebounds and all four of them combined and had more assists. The other starters had one assist. I mean, that's, that's awful. Terrible. It just means you're not making shots one and then two, like there's a certain lack of ball movement anyway, because you should just as a starting lineup, you should have at least five, six assists just off like layups and transition and that kind of stuff. I didn't look at it, but at the end of the game, I should have, but they had zero fast break points for like forever. I was just waiting for them to finally get some uh, fast break points and they didn't Uh, to go back to my idea of of team Kevin uh, and to what you were saying I think the thing that it maybe has stood out the most from the first three games has just been how complete of an effort all three games have been from an individual standpoint, because there are a lot of basketball games. Uh, you know this, Kevin. I know this. People listening know this. You'll watch a, a game in basketball, high school, college, whatever it is, and there will be maybe one player that's awesome and another two players that did pretty well, or there's like the two star players played well, but then there was a huge role player performance or whatever. And while there have been big performances in these three games from other sons, I, I guess like tonight was the biggest example of that, but it just feels like every night, every player has played well in the series that's played. I Can you think off the top of your head, I guess Cam Johnson wasn't that great in the first two games of the series, but just as it seemed like him and Dario weren't making an impact Cam has the block in the three, and then Dario scores four of the six points to begin the fourth quarter when the game kind of evaporated for Denver. And Torrey Craig's been all over the place every game. Mikel Bridges has been much better after struggling against the Lakers. DeAndre we'll talk about more in a bit. Chris and Devin are, are spoken for. Jay was great. They are just such a better overall team in so many facets. But if you just break it down individually, go player to player, the Nuggets – are just in this really tricky spot, Kevin, where like Campazo and Gordon were so good in game one, but then they just didn't get enough help anywhere else. Like Jokic was not the MVP and then other guys weren't stepping up. But now in this game, the other guys did step up like Monte Morris and Will Barton off the bench. Like you said, were excellent, but Gordon was awful. 
Rivers was not good. Campaza was not good. And Jokic was actually doing his MVP best that he can for this series. And at the stage of the season that he's in, he's clearly worn down from the last couple of, I would guess, from the last couple of, A, the bubble, and then B, uh, and the the bubble slash the the runover that they had that wasn't that much and that's going to continue next year. Um, and and then B, just the wear down effect for the shoulder, the shoulders. He's had to carry so much more for this team since Jamal went out. And it's just really evident every game we go further, Kevin, how much better of an overall team the Suns are. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to dig in my brain. Campaign had a rough first half today, but he was the only bench guy with a positive plus minus. He ends up with nine points, two steals, three assists. It's pretty good. Um, Mikel has missed a lot of corner threes, but he's been far from bad. Jay Crowder had a quiet first half today. Yeah, I mean, looking at trying to find bad performances on the Suns side is tough, and that's really bad news for the Nuggets. Um, And again, that's that's personnel that's, you know, I had a conversation with my friends about like Mike Malone making adjustments. And I was like, maybe I'm a Mike Malone, Michael Malone fan. Sorry. I think he likes Michael. Maybe I'm a big fan of his. I I just, I I saw Jokic sitting in the paint when Chris Paul hit those couple mid range shots and really sealed the game late. And on one hand, it's like, well, you should bring him up and, he looks tired, so that's on him. But on the other hand, it's like, what what's going to happen if that if he was even not tired and he came up to meet Chris Paul and challenged that shot? It'd probably be a dunk for DA or something. So I just don't know what more he's supposed to do as a coach, no matter whether you agreed with his calling out his team or not. Um, it's just they're they're not performing, quite honestly, and. The Suns have been all over it and playing really well. And today, um, if, if you want to get into DA stuff, I thought this was his ga- best game of the series. I thought he got so many contested rebounds that were key. He only had three offensive, but the, the defensive ones were really good. And he made Jokic work. And that that was really the game, too. If we're saying, okay, if Aaron Gordon has a bad game, Compazzo and Rivers are just – getting destroyed by Paul and Booker. Um, Maybe you say DA won the game because the MVP didn't shoot a great percentage. Yeah. um, Do you know what, have you heard of the term hard counter before? Do you know what that means? Have you heard it before? Yeah. So it's something that kind of got popularized in video games in the last like five to 10 years, because there's basically um, to nerd out for 30 seconds about this kind of thing. There's like a rock, paper, scissors kind of matchup in certain uh, types of video games where there's like this type of character um, is really good against this type of character, gets but gets beaten really easily by that type of character who gets beaten really easily by that type of character. And it's like this whole chain of like kind of uh, counterbalancing. So yeah. you like you'll be playing as this one type of like character and then you see the other character like, crap, that's my hard counter. And I called DeAndre Jokic's hard counter in the recap tonight because I think that's what he is. I, I just think that you look at everything that Jokic does, what he tries to get done, everywhere that he can try and get. DeAndre has this speed-strength combination that it seems like and, – and feel. Most importantly, feel. The third one's feel. But this strength-speed-feel combination to not only 
arrive with Jokic at his spots, but like bump, like get into yeah. him in those spots. And then when Jokic inevitably like shoots the ball still at a pretty good, one of those Jokic shots where you're pretty confident he's going to, it's going to go in. DeAndre makes it about 70% harder for him to make those shots than pretty much anyone else I've seen defend Jokic. I just don't really know what else to say about it. We've seen so much evidence now from the regular season and this playoff series that indicates that I know that the Nuggets are a different team with Jamal Murray, and that would make Jokic, that would make Aiton's job much harder defending Jokic. But in terms of a one-on-one matchup, he is the hard counter for him. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing for me going into this playoff series, Kevin, was that I, again, best player in the league, MVP, that kind of stuff, best player in the series. I've always respected that. But I truly believed that the Suns had this tool that pretty much no other team has. I, I went into the series just saying that DeAndre was one of the best tools to use against Jokic just because I wanted to respect the fact that it was a small sample size. We haven't seen it in huge, meaningful games yet, but now we have Kevin, and like I think he's undoubtedly like the number one guy against the MVP, which, um, wow, uh, timing. Great to have that guy then. I mean, to your point, like I haven't watched like Embiid probably Gobert against Jokic. Like I, I honestly haven't watched enough where I could even compare it, but I talked about DAs. Just people don't give him enough credit for being a brick wall. Basically he's that, but also Jokic can pump fake on his jumper, take two dribbles. Deandre retreats and stays right in front of him. Um, and Jokic is slippery. Like, People don't realize that, and Aiton just walls him off where he's taking six-foot hook shots instead of four-foot hook shots or um, eight-foot instead of six-foot. Like, that's that's a huge difference, and when he's hitting DA, that's a huge difference, too, compared to other guys. So I think you're exactly right about the hard counter stuff, um, but it's also DA's in such good shape that, that he's running on him. He's causing problems in transition the Suns had 12 fast break points to two and it, it that's the stuff that again, doesn't show up in the box score where it's opening up stuff for his team, DA's teammates. He's getting offensive rebounds. They're getting offensive rebounds, stuff like that. Um, and it, it's just an awful Mac matchup for Jokic because he looked gassed. I mean, there were plays late in that second half where he was, he just like dropped his head and knew he was like, had to get back, but he was just struggling to do it. And Aiton's sprinting up and down the floor. And we should talk about that. I I think his second year, um, even the first game before he got that suspension, he didn't look like he was in super great shape. Uh, He's in really good shape right now. Um, That's not talked about enough and that's effort. That's, stuff that book also should get credit for because they just are running on teams. And that kind of broke the nuggets in the first quarter, I think because that, that was huge for them to get into transition. Um, that team just matchup wise, personnel wise does not want to run, especially when they've come off a seven game series and they're short on their bench. I'm trying to think of like the best metaphor for it at the time. And I can't really think of it other than like the Suns were like this, tornado that was like arriving it was going to arrive at its destination whether someone came along for the ride or not like they were going to get to a certain point of being a really good team but kind of what happened is deandre got like 
I, the way I wrote it as my conclusion was like, he's been interwoven inside of what they've done. And you just look at everything that they've done as a team together, the way that they've improved together, the way that they've created a clear identity and mentality for the way that they like to play. Deandre has been right in the middle of that, like just basking that in and soaking that in and improving off of that too. Um, I, I hate to, phrase it that way after you just gave him a bunch of individual credit. I made it sound like the Suns turned him into what he is, but I just think that it, it just seems so clear that everything kind of the stars aligned at the perfect time in that regard. Um, Because Kevin, anyone who Devin said this after game two, like you're going to stick out like a sore thumb if you don't defend and try on our team. And it's just, if someone's like holding the ball too long on this team or anything like that, um, that doesn't fly with their mentality. Like when campaign briefly got lost in the sauce tonight, it was like, you oh slow down. Like it, it, it's so rare to see those moments for anyone on this team. And this is a very me thing um, and not a hardcore analysis point, but something that I always really like to see in teams and a sign that this is something that the heat have had all the time. And something that I've always nerded out about them is that when you have buy-in, to like playing a certain way and usually it's working your your butts off you'll see in the box score like chris paul and devin booker both had six rebounds tonight dario had four in terms of assists uh jay crowder had four cam johnson had three dario had two campaign had three you'll just see these guys stepping up in like on the glass and then in passing where you wouldn't normally like you wouldn't say Cam Johnson's a guy that averages three or four assists a game, but is he going to give you a couple of nights where he does that? Or are the guards going to give you a couple of nights where they grab six, seven, eight rebounds? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's the way these kinds of teams play. And it's really telling that it's happening right now in the type of basketball that they're, that they're in, which is in the second round of the playoffs. I want to go on that a little more on DA. Cause I like his first and second year, even, if you would, this is not off any inside knowledge or anything, but just being around them somewhat and knowing like books, personality and knowing DA's personality were super different. Right. And I, I think just personality wise, I'm sure Devin got frustrated that DA was so raw and would do what he did and just spiral. And I, I think Chris Paul is that important because if you listen to Chris Paul the last two weeks or whatever, and I'm sure it's further back than that too, and you would know better than me, um, he's super like DA doesn't get enough credit. DA's our MVP the other night. He said that he said it again tonight after game three, um, just complimenting that kid. Cause I, I think Chris Paul has been like, yeah, he's, 22 years old and that's his personality and I got to get the best out of him and not to take anything away from DA. Cause I think he was always like willing to learn. He just didn't know how, when we go back to his U of A days, it's like, if no one teaches him how to play defense, he's not going to learn. Um, that doesn't mean he's not open to it. So I, I think that's culturally a huge part where, he's just gotten so much better because they've been like patient with him and they put him through that Brooklyn game way early in the year and made him suffer. And um, 
maybe it's a Rondo thing where he just shows up in big games. I don't know, but he's definitely answering the bell right now and doing everything they're asking of him and more. Well, to your point, how many guys like book are there in a draft per year? When we look back on it, like one or two where we can say no matter their situation, it was going to work out really well because they're just different mentally. Right. Yeah. Like you need your environment to help these guys at some point. And DeAndre was always going to be a good player in this league. The question is if he could just become a, a great and potentially superb player in this league. And all of a sudden he gets caught in this con- caught on this contender with Chris Paul and Monty Williams leading it. And it's turning him into a fantastic player. Um, and, and I think all of these guys like that are at his talent level, it's there. And again, to give him credit into what you said, like he needs to mentally buy into it, which he has, and he's always been open for the work. He's always been a very hard worker, um, but he needs the right kind of guys bringing him out the, the work. Like Monty said, he looks over at DeAndre and sees him doing stuff in the weight room he's never done before, but the guy that he sees doing that stuff in the weight room too is Chris Paul. Yeah. So it's like all these little things just – it's like this um, – huge puzzle that had like 14 of its 500 pieces in and now all of a sudden like it's just all the pieces are flying together like snapping together easily at a rapid pace just because of what's what's going on around the team right now um well let's end there on on game three i don't even I, – I figured out a way to write a game three preview, Kevin. I'm going to have to figure out game four later today. But I don't know what else to say besides the Nuggets are incredibly overmatched. There's a lot of pride in not um, – there's a lot of pride there in terms of not getting swept. And I think that Mike Michael Malone and his team are a very strong-willed, hardworking – resilient team i also think that they're defeated and i think the suns are going to wrap this up i don't think we're going to cover a game in phoenix that's the next game we're going to cover in phoenix is game one i think game five yeah i wish you well on writing that preview (laughs) i i don't know what else there is to say because it it's just been the same thing where Different Denver players have just played awful. Um, Monte Morris finally got going. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I said that already. Um, Will Barton is good. Um, their backcourt is still very bad. 55 to 11 in the starting backcourt, outscored. Um, 12 assists to zero um, in favor of the Suns. Yeah, I, I guess the question is. Do the Suns need, 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 need to win this one? Because they're definitely going to be fighting the human nature. We got this battle and the Nuggets are going to be like, oh, crap. Maybe the Nuggets will be like, finally, oh, crap. We should probably have a good game all at once. Um, so I, I guess that that's the question for me, which is kind of lame. Is Is it really bad if the Suns lose this next one? No, 
Yeah. But it would be a change from what we've seen. Yeah. Because the way they just, I mean, I wrote that what this team has turned into now, and I, again, am going to keep coming back to the second half of game four. Ever since then, I think they've just been a monster. And whenever the opponent is choosing to lay their head down and present their neck to be stepped on. Um, This team does it emphatically every single time. That is what they have done in this series. And to your point, I think if there was complacency when, when that neck was presented in like the late third quarter, whatever it was mid to late third quarter, when they finally started running out of gas, like they were just there immediately 14 2 run. Goodbye. See you later. Um, so I would say from that end, I could see it being concerning because it would actually be a change because in game six, again, they just roasted the Lakers right off the start. Um, I, I guess like, so I guess I could see it being concerning there, but I don't think it would be. Um, it's understandable. They're due for something like that. But as I'm just looking, Kevin, and something you talked about and we talked about a lot after even game one was like, where do these guys get offense? In, in game one, 105 points when they shot 47% from the field. They got 98 points in game two. They shot 40%. And then in game three, 102 points, they shot 41%. I really think their only hope is that the Suns have one of those really bad shooting starts where they're two of 13 or three of 18 or whatever, and then they're able to hit shots on the other end, like just a, a make-or-miss league type of game. I think that's all they've got because we can – I can sit here I, – I could have sat here in the Lakers series, Kevin, and said like eventually they're going to start hitting shots. I don't think the Nuggets are eventually going to have a game where like five or six of their players all decide to play well at the same time. I just don't think we're going to get it. We've seen enough evidence already that's not going to happen. I'm just looking at stats right now, and points in the paint was even at 42 – Suns got 20 points off turnovers. I already read off the fast break. Um, but the Nuggets were took 41 threes and made 14. So that that's, again, their personnel problems. They don't have guys who can get downhill at all off pick and rolls. Monte Morris a little bit, but it's just, man, it's just a bad matchup. It's and effort, I guess. The shooting percentages for their top six scores in this series. Jokic, 26 a game, is shooting 46%. Porter, 14 a game, 36%. Barton, 12 a game, 45%. Gordon, 9 a game, 42%. Morris, 9 a game, 35%. Campazzo, 8 a game, 38%. It's just they don't have enough. They don't have enough artillery. I don't, I don't think they can get it done. All right, Kevin. Uh, I think we, we're going to end it there, and, and old old Kel's going to try this hotel bed out and see uh, how he sleeps in it. Uh, you watching the Euros tomorrow, Kevin? Do you even know? Do you do you know about them? I saw the soccer game of Turkey and Italy on TV. That you did no big this. That's all. The European Championships have started. Uh, the best teams in Europe compete. It's the second biggest international tournament to the world cup. Uh, it has started yesterday. I'm definitely looking forward to watching some today and tomorrow. If you've become a fan of the game at all, 
the last couple of years, I highly recommend to check out some matches uh, in the next couple of months because it's it's an awesome tournament uh, to watch. And just like the World Cup, it's the same. It's the same principle. A couple less teams are left out, but most of the really good, like you're missing a couple of really good teams from South America and obviously nothing, not much from North America. Um, so you, and a couple of uh, African nations as well, but for the most part, the big dogs are in Europe and it's uh, going to be super fun to watch. So I just want to give my sports fan shout out to the people. Yeah. Uh, if you want to watch something competitive and actually, uh, you know, worthwhile throughout the entire stretch of the game instead of these shellackings we're seeing. But I'm sure all the Suns fans listening are not bored by this, Kevin. <laughs> They're wow. quite enthralled still. Yes. Um, but yeah, that was that was my soccer nerd fan hat being put on, and I'm going to take it off and go to sleep. Uh, I'll see you later, Kev. We'll see you Sunday, Monday. What's yeah. the deal? The game is Sunday, right? You should know this. Yeah, earlier start on Sunday. It's a 5 p.m. tip for Arizona time, I believe. 6 p.m. for me. Yes, uh, that's so we probably right. should be able to pot again that night. I would assume my flight's not too crazy, so I'll be able to. I'll be able to get that done. Uh, I think we're going to see some brooms in action. I think we're going to see it. All right, everyone, we'll be back then. See ya.